where we're in Ephesians chapter 6, and we're looking at just a handful of verses, but there's, they're power-packed, uh, not only with information, but inspiration. So Ephesians chapter 6 is where I want to spend a few minutes this morning. I want to look at just one verse, we'll look at a few, and if you're taking notes, this is a good time to pull that insert sheet out of the bulletin, um, because you'll want to keep this for later. You see, we are in a spiritual warfare, and we know that victory belongs to Jesus, but the issue is we just want to survive the battles that we're in. I mean, we want to win the war, but we really want to survive the war. And so what Satan does is he doesn't uh, just attack people he already has under his command. Where he goes is he goes after those who work for the other side, those who already trust Jesus Christ and who are on the winning side. He goes after them. Why? Because if he can instill fear in them, they'll scream. If you've ever been scared, caught off guard, you scream or you yell or whatever it is that you do, and, and then you feel foolish, right? You ever had that? Like, oh. I, and then, but you see, spiritually, that's what, that's what Satan wants to do. And so today, what I want to talk about is God's antidote. He already knew that was going to happen. So he already included that in the armor of God. And he, he did that by giving you the antidote to this fear. It's called the shield of faith. Now we're in Ephesians chapter 6. Let's pick it up in verse 14 where it reads, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. S- stop there. So we stand firm. We, we're, we're, we're solidly, firmly planted. And we're going to be steady and we're going, to be, we're going to be sure-footed, and we're going to do that because we're wrapped in the truth, verse 14. We have that wrapped around our waist. That's not all. We have the breastplate of righteousness, which protects our vital organs, but it also protects our, our heart, essentially, and that's really the issue. Satan wants to go for your heart. You get your heart, he's got you, see? And so the breastplate of righteousness protects all the vital organs, but particularly the heart. And then last week we talked about this, the feet that are fitted with the readiness of the gospel. You have to have good boots, and they'll give you mobility and stability. And, and then as you do that, then in addition, take up, verse 16, here's our verse for the day, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Stop there. The other verse, if you go back to 14 and 15, you look, and it says, with the belt of truth, and it's on you, it's on you, it's on you. Then verse 16, it changes. In addition, now the language changes a bit. It doesn't seem to be much, but there is a significant difference here. He's saying, take up the shield of faith. In other words, you have, you, you have this belt of truth always around you. You always have the breastplate on. You always have the shoes on. Those are always on you. But the shield, you're going to take it up. Occasionally, you're going to, you're going to pull that one into play. I, I uh, use uh, uh, Tony Evans gives this illustration. I think it's just the best illustration uh, for this. And so I credit Tony. Tony preaches a lot of my sermons. He just does it <laughs> prior to me doing it. So Tony's a wonderful, godly man. Tony says it this way. Those first three it's like your uniform. It's like baseball. And when you put on the uniform, you always have the uniform on. But there are some times you're going to have a bat in your hand when you're playing baseball. Other times you're going to have the glove. Right? And now, so the take up is, this is going to come and go, but you're going to have to grab for it. The others, the first three, are always going to be on you, like a uniform. 
Now, verse 16, in addition, take up the shield of faith, which can extinguish all, how many? All All of the flaming arrows of the evil one. I'm going to give you the outline, and then uh, after I give you the outline, then we'll break it down for you. Five points, real simple. God provides protection from the evil attacks, mostly the terror. It's the terror. It's the crazy maker. But that protection comes as a shield, and that shield is called faith. Okay? Thirdly, that protection, I need to get for that protection, I need to get behind the shield. I can't be out in front of the shield. (laughs) Whoops. You've been on the wrong side, right? Yeah. So for that protection to really be effective, I have to be behind the shield. And that shield will put out the flaming arrows. That sounds really simple, but we don't realize that that actually has the capacity to neutralize the attack. And number five, that shield only works if I take it up, if I hold it up. Now, number one, God provides protection for when the evil attacks. We see phrases like verse 11, the devil's scheme. Verse 12, powers of the dark world and spiritual forces of evil. Verse 13, when the evil day comes, the day of evil comes. And then verse 16, Arrows of the evil one. Make no mistake, there is good and bad, there is up and down in the world. You have to get that down. If to you everything is like, well, it's just everyone's opinion, yes. It, you don't realize there's a, a right and a wrong until your car gets broken into, until your wall gets stolen. Now you, now you believe in a right and wrong. Okay? Understand there is a right and a wrong, and it has to do with good and evil, and it's, it is a a war in the heavenlies. When the Apostle Paul writes about this kind of armor, he says, you take up the shield of faith. When he writes about that, he's probably sitting in a jail looking down the hall at a soldier. You understand this? And that soldier is probably slumped down taking a nap because he's in rotation. And these guys just chain themselves to the prisoners. So he's in really close proximity to these, a line of sight to these uh, prisoners, to the Roman soldiers. And the soldier would have on this belt, and he'd have on the boots, and he'd have a shield and a breastplate. He may not be wearing it all, but it would all be around. And that belt, which Paul calls truth, is always going to be wrapped on him, always ready. You can hang things on that belt. That breastplate called righteousness, that will protect you. Those shoes that offer mobility and stability will do the same thing for your faith. But now he talks about a shield. And what you have to understand, in the Roman mind, they had two different kinds of shields. They had a small round shield, and you've seen that in, in some movies that you've watched. They have real nice, shiny, spiffy shields. Why do they have that? Because they're making a movie, that's why. And you paid eight bucks to get in, they're going to give you a really pretty shield. But that small shield was for hand-to-hand combat. That's not the term that's used in Ephesians 6. Now, that would be good when you're in town, But the kind of shield he's talking about is about two and a half feet wide and it's about four feet high. In other words, you could crouch behind it. In fact, uh, some ancient historians tell us there's actually hooks on these shields. If you look at your chairs, your chairs have hooks on them and we have those hooks that clusters the chairs together and it, it uh, it keeps them in a tight row. Some of you would like to spread out a little more. And I just tell you, take two chairs, because we're not unhooking them, just the way it is. We hook them together, keeps a straight row. And, and they did that with those shields. Guess what they would do when they attacked on a hillside? They'd hook together, 
and they create a wall. This is a wall moving up the hillside. And even if you took one guy down, it didn't matter because the wall was still coming at you. And if the wall got under attack, it could kneel down. It was a wall of this. Uh, uh, and you, couldn't, you, you couldn't penetrate the wall. And it didn't really matter if one guy went down because the others would hold in place because you're hooked together. It was an amazing piece of equipment. Now, for the street fighting, that, that round piece was plenty. But this other piece was heavy. It was probably thicker wood, at least an inch thick of wood, and maybe two inches thick. And it had a handle to the back side. And then uh, it was wrapped in leather. This is another thing you have to understand. And now, sometimes, too, we go from, in our, in our minds, we just go from this passage to, do you remember the story of David and Goliath? Any remember this story? Uh-huh. It's when, it's when uh, Washington, uh, what's the name of our baseball team? Nationals, yeah. And I couldn't stay up late enough. Uh, did, what happened last night in the game? Because I went to bed. Do you know? Oh, Sadiq? Yes. Okay, what happened? Do you know? Bryce Harper accidentally hit a home run. Accidentally <laughs> hit a home run. Is that what you call that? Is that what you call it? Okay, Accidentally. I would like to accidentally be paid $21 million. I would accidentally take that too. Okay. Okay. So, where was I in the sermon? It doesn't matter. These guys would, would fight in the battle, and, and when we think of a shield, we go right from one story, one battle... Those were the Beltway battle last night. And we go from one battle to another. So we go back, we just go back a few pages to David and Goliath, not realizing that was 800 years or 1,000 years ago. Okay? So you, you, thinking of U.S. history, we don't even have 1,000 years of U.S. history that we could go back on for war and weapons. It, it's out there, but it's not anything like what we have today. So when you go back to David and Goliath, actually Goliath not only... Uh, had armor on him and he did have armor he had a metal plate that was a shield but he had an armor bearer in other words this shield was so big he had a guy he tipped he paid to run out and guard him his sword was so long it was so heavy he actually had a guy at the end of the sword who would hold it up for him because you swipe with it it was a huge we're going to talk about the sword another sunday but the sword was huge that was a different kind of warfare and when david ran up and took a slingshot and hit him in the head Understand this, he had plenty of armor on him. It was huge. It was maybe too big for him, okay? The Roman Empire knew they, sh they shortened their swords and they lengthened their borders. That's the phrase that was used. And they did that same thing with the shield. The shield was two and a half feet by four feet. In other words, one guy could carry it. It was wrapped in leather, and these guys were smart. Before they go into battle, they would take that board, that wood in, wrapped in leather, and it had nails to the back side of it, handle on the inside, on the back side. And they would drop it in water and soak it for an hour. Now it made the board pretty heavy, but do you know what also it did? It also allowed that soaking wet board, they go into battle, and the enemy would come and attack with fiery arrows. Guess what these guys would do? Just hold it, hold the shield up. And the arrow would go right into, the, right into that shield, and it would just splash because it would go into the leather and the leather would soak it up and put out the fire. You just neutralize their greatest weapon. Let me go forward now, um, several hundred years to US history, 
when the West was wild and we were running across country and there were, sorry if this is politically incorrect or too violent for you, but we're conquering the West and Indians attack. But, but when we attack, we, we have guns and Indians have arrows, which doesn't seem like a fair fight, does it? So what did the Indians do? They, they did what the Roman Empire did. They lit their arrows on fire. And so then when you'd circle up the wagons, sure, the pioneers had guns and could shoot guns, but then the Indians would light an arrow on fire and torch their, their wagons. Well, you can't put out the fire and shoot your gun. Understand that? You can't do both at the same time. So then the pioneers would stop fighting, put out the fire, and while they're putting out the fire, guess what happened? They'd get attacked. Because the fiery arrow is really not meant to kill anybody, it's meant to be a distraction. Do you get this? And what does Satan want to do in the spiritual world? He wants to create a distraction. Even more importantly, he wants to create shuddering kind of fear. And nothing strikes fear in you quite like flame going past your head. You know what I'm saying? Any of you put a little too much lighter fluid on a fire once? Yeah. Once I thought I was faster than lighter fluid, and the eyebrows came back a couple years later. You know, I just thought, I'm smarter than this, I can get away with this. You can't. Fire should be feared. Every so often on late night TV, there'll be a guy that, you know, does tricks, and he says, I can even hypnotize you so you're not afraid of fire. And usually the guy who's the show host goes, but I want to be afraid of fire. It's a good thing to be afraid of fire. Yes, and that is, because common sense people are afraid of fire. Do you know why? Because you live longer when you aren't on fire. Okay? And so what does Satan want to do? He just wants to create such a shuddering kind of fear in you that you want to run away and scream like an eight-year-old third grader in the school. Okay? Just to make you run away and look like a fool. And if he can't do that, then he wants to neutralize you somehow by creating a distraction. Okay, now, having said all that, number one, God provides protection. That protection is the shield of faith. Number two, that protection comes as a shield, but that shield is faith. So the shield of faith, if you read the text, it is made of faith. There'll be a day when a Christian needs to pick up that shield and hold it out in front and hang on to it and hold it out there because that will be what will absorb the fiery darts of Satan. And there, I think there are, you have to kind of understand it this way. When he talks about the faith, he's not only talking about saving faith, and that's good, but he's talking about a growing kind of faith. It's trusting Jesus Christ to be Savior. And the Savior came to earth, paid for my sins, and then went back to heaven to represent me before the Father. I get that and I trust him. And if you aren't there yet, this is a good day to trust him, embrace him in faith. But it's more than just saving faith. It is a growing kind of faith where I trust him for today. I trust him for my life and my decisions. I'm building faith in God. So I'm walking with him in a personal way. Paul would write it in Colossians chapter two that we are, since we've received Christ as Lord, we continue to live a life with him rooted and built up and strengthened in the faith. This is a stronger faith. Why? Because I'm trusting God, because I walk with him in faith, as you were taught, overflowing with thankfulness, so it changes your mindset. 
I, I see many wounded Christians, let me just tell you quickly, I see many wounded Christians are out in the battlefield, and you know why they're wounded? Because they don't have their shield. They really don't hold up the faith very well. In fact, they don't have a big faith, it's small faith, it's a little circular little bit of a badge and they're getting whacked at and fiery darts are going by and of course it's scary there's not much faith there and it isn't growing it isn't dynamic it isn't rooted and built up it isn't those are two different word pictures i get that but it isn't a growing dynamic kind of faith so understand this this faith will help you get rid of the fear and stabilize your life and it will keep It'll actually neutralize the very thing the enemy wants to do if you have the shield of faith. Number three, for protection, I need to get behind the shield. This one may sound like, well, you really need to tell us that. Yeah, I think we do because sometimes we get on the wrong side of the shield. We're out in front of the faith. We're not behind the faith. So we really don't, we are out, we, we are hoping the Lord will protect us but we don't have his word on it. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for, but it's, it's because of God's word. He's told us. If I hope for something, that would be great. But faith is a little different in that that hope is rooted in what God has said he will do for us. So for that protection, I have to get behind the faith. I have to know it so well. I have to know what God has said. And that becomes a protection for my soul. And and the other thing that the, the shield of faith will do, it will take the heat that comes your way. It will take the harm and absorb the harm that comes your way. I'm reminded of um, Deuteronomy where, where God's people learn, we are blessed, Israel. Who is like you who saves the people of the Lord? He is your shield. That's what the Lord calls himself. He is your shield and your helper. He's your glorious sword. Get this. If you'll trust the Lord, he will be your shield you just trust him again from the psalms but you lord are a shield around me my glory the one who lifts my head high in hand-to-hand conflict you know you you can kind of see when a guy's attacking you you can kind of see that you know where his arms and legs are you know what's coming next when it's fiery darts it's happening from a distance you can't really see it till it's right on you and in personal hand-to-hand conflict conflict you could defend yourself pretty well when it's coming in from every angle and in lightning speed um, the only thing that's going to protect you is a a shield and that shield needs to be able to absorb the fire that comes at you and this board is built to do that and it's called faith and not just not just absorb it but neutralize the attack but the but the shield has to be in place. It has to be out in front of you. And you can't hold the shield, sorry for this illustration, but this is, and I, wanted, I almost just brought with me a piece of cardboard to illustrate. You don't want your hands, they had a handle back here, behind the shield. Get this. Understand this, if you put your hands around the shield like this, or step out in front of the shield, you'll get whacked. You'll get hit, see? You'll be hurt. You cannot step away from the shield come out from behind it um, and you may say well you know the shield is heavy I don't really want to carry it around drag it around all day yeah and you'll be running for it and you'll be wondering where is it and why don't I have it with me when I need it so 
For protection, I have to get behind the shield, which leads me to number four. That shield will put out the attack, put out the fiery darts. It not only absorbs the flame, but it absorbs the fear as well. Because terror is the real issue. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5 reads, Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield for those who take refuge in him. Get that. Every word of God is flawless. By the way, when Jesus was tempted by Satan, what, how did he respond? With the word of God. Same way you can. With the word of God. It is flawless. And that word will be your shield. 1 Peter chapter 1 in his great mercy, he has given us new birth to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead into an inheritance that can never perish or fade. And this inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming salvation is revealed at the last time. So it's in that faith you are shielded. So that shield will put out the arrows It'll put out the distractions. It'll put out the fear. You've got to get behind the faith. You have to know the faith. Know what it says. Know what God has promised and stay back. Now, let me just illustrate this best way I, I, I can. Think of it as two and a half feet wide and think of it as four feet high. And if I were going into battle, do you know how big I would be? I would be no wider than two and a half feet and I would be no higher than four. Wouldn't you? I would go behind that, I would crouch down, and if they said charge, I would charge like, like the ninja low boy that's down low. I would stay behind that shield as tightly as I could. Why? Because that's my protection, okay? Think about it for a moment. If you're in battle, these guys had the ability to do that. I think, frankly, too, I think the aggressive guys were like, come at me, and when they see an arrow, they'd hold up the thing, and catch, they would catch the arrows, and, and I think that's a play, too. In war, sometimes they would send some out, volleys out, to get them to lift the shield up and away, and then later arrows would come as they're lifting the shield up and away. You understand the distractions Satan can do? He is not a fool in a sense that he, he's not an idiot. He'll come at you one way, he can't get you one way, he'll get you another. So be very careful to make sure the, the shield stays close and that you stay behind it. Because this thing only works, number five, it only works if you take it up, verse 16. If you hold it up. You don't get victory in Jesus because you have a shield that's at your house, under your bed someplace, tucked away. Okay? You don't get an award for having a shield that is, you know, nice and shiny, kept inside because you don't want to take it out in the weather. No, your faith, your faith, which is your shield, needs to go with you everywhere. And you want to celebrate your shield and you want to take it with you. But, but understand this, it's not there for glamour. It's not there for glamour. It is there to protect your, your life. Hebrews chapter 11 really is a passage that talks about great people of the faith. And it says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence. It's things that aren't yet, but you have God's word that they're going to be. And so these guys, men and women, acted as if God had, was going to come through on his word. If you read all of Hebrews 11, what you're going to find is these people believed God. And then how did you know they believed God? They did this by faith. They acted 
So my challenge to you is this. Know what God has said in his word and then act on it as if it were true, even though you haven't realized it to be true in your life yet. Act on it as if it were true. If he does say you are forgiven, then act like a person who is forgiven. That may be your step of faith this week. That may be your shield. Because understand this, Satan could distract you with something just as simple as an un, feeling unforgiven or feeling not ready for heaven or that, that God is holding out his love towards me or that I will never be holy enough, which that could stand for any of us. And yet, you, so you give up. That's exactly what he wants to have happen. So the shield of faith only works if you hold it up and, and take it up. And you'll never know, if you go to Colossians 2, that illustration, you'll never know how deep the roots are rooted and built up in the faith. You'll never really know until the storms come. When the storms come, then you find out just how good the faith really is. I love this from Psalm 91. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. You see, faith is not believing in spite of the evidence. Faith is trusting in spite of the consequence. Even knowing, even knowing, this may not be the most popular thing. Others may not go with me on this. It's okay. God has said it in his word. I will trust him for whatever the fallout of this is. Your action demonstrates your faith, Hebrews 11. And so you're not working for your salvation, get this. You're just working out your salvation. You're just letting out what is already at work in your life. I encourage you this week, take up the shield of faith. Take one step of faith. You don't need to take 100, just take one step of faith. That will give you this, the confidence to take another step of faith. And that will give you the confidence to take another step of faith. And what's going to happen is this. There'll be a day when you're making a step of faith and you'll feel a boom on your shield. Boom. And you know what you'll know? You'll know there's a flaming dart on the other side of this wall and I'm so glad I have the shield of faith protecting me. And you'll know in heaven you are a soldier for the greatest army, for the greatest military campaign in the world because you're fighting this spiritual war which ultimately the Lord wins. So our Father in heaven, may we be the people, I pray, who not only trust Jesus for heaven, but trust him for victory here on earth. I'm gonna ask you just to ask the Lord, Lord, could I make a step of faith this week and hold up the shield? One area of fear, one area of just holy terror in my life where Lord I can trust you for this this week not for a year not for a decade just this week and for your goodness and kindness to us Lord we will always say thank you uh, thank you for being our protection our shield and for never laying up the guard on us thank you for never letting us go never leaving us abandoning us never forsaking us thank you for never letting down your guard over us you will cover us just as if we were like birds and they're like feathers soft and under your wing we will find refuge and we will know you're our shield 
and you are our rampart. And we will praise you. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen.